Hello, and welcome to Homegrown KC, a podcast dedicated to exploring Kansas City's fascinating history and sharing stories from a church past. I'm your host, Laura. Join me today as we explore a piece of Kansas City's history. Happy July, listeners. Welcome back. I am very, very sorry for the delay on this. I'm like two weeks late. Uh, But I did complete in July. I'm right down to the wire, but whatever. This month has passed so quickly. I I seriously feel like July 4th was last week, but that was four weeks ago. It's the end of the month now. And my listeners who live outside the U.S., I don't know how y'all are faring, but we are having just really weird weather. It's either too hot or too wet or a little bit of both. I'm not really enjoying it and neither are my tomatoes. <laughs> um, and then like we lost power a couple weeks ago from a bad storm and you know it's just been hard to be motivated to do stuff recently so it's it's been a weird month all around. But hey we're here now so we're good. This is part two of topic three, Worlds of Fun, of series seven, Amusement Parks. Heads up, <laughs> this actually got turned into a four-parter topic earlier this week, uh, because as I was writing up some more specifics about individual rides, I realized that I had too much for a single episode, so I had to break it into two. Therefore, in order to keep on track for the rest of the year, parts three and four will both be released in August. So you'll be getting your next episode in a couple weeks. Make sure you pay attention to when that comes out. And uh, you will be able to get it on time because most of it is written. I have like one paragraph left that I need to write. If you enjoyed today's episode, please listen to part one, actually, if you haven't already done so. But um, I think you will also enjoy topics one and two from the series, which focus on Electric Park and Fairyland Park. And please make sure you listen all the way through because I have some more announcement at the end. All right, so recap. Part one, I introduced Lamar Hunt and his business partner, Jack Stedman. They were responsible for the creation of the park in the 1970s. I also talked about the firms and the architects behind the design and the initial construction of the park. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but apparently I had enough there to talk about for a full episode. Part two here is basically going to be a play-by-play of the next 50 years. I mean, 50 years since the park has been open because this is the 50th anniversary. I hope it doesn't bore you. I really thought that seeing the changes year by year was interesting. And I'm going to use this as a stepping stone to do a deeper dive into specific roller coasters in the next um, episode. So opening day was March 26th, 1973. Apparently, on opening day, every visitor got a free loaf of bread. That seems like a really weird flex to me. The park originally only had nine rides. They were the Worlds of Fun Railroad, the Scrambler, the Autobahn, Flying Dutchman, the Taxi Tour, the Octopus, Crazy Cars, Finnish Fling, and the Viking Voyager. Today, there are over 60 rides. Did y'all know that they had a dolphin show when they first opened? And it ran all the way until the 90s? 
how did I not know about this? Seriously, why is it never mentioned? I had to dig a little deep to find that. And, I mean, on the one hand, I'm like borderline sad that I never got to see it. And on the other, ooh, and we'll talk about why in a minute. All right, so beginning in 1947, year two of the park, the Forum Amphitheater was added to Americana, and the Red Baron biplane ride was added to Scandinavia. 1974 also saw the park reach its one millionth visitor, so congrats to them. That was really fast. In 76, the Steamroller and Bicentennial Square were added to Americana. In 77, the Singapore Sling which today is known as the Bamboozler, was added to East Asia. The Wobble Wheel was added to Americana, Bouncerous to Europa, Nairobi, Nigel's Pygmy Playhouse, if that's not a mouthful, I don't know what is, um, and the Floral Clock were added to Africa, and Half Pints Peak and the Micromotoban were added to Scandinavia. The Aerodome was added to Americana in 1978, and the Red Baron was moved from Americana to Scandinavia. Also added to the Aerodome was the Barnstormer biplane ride. Also added to Americana was Game Street USA. The Safari was removed from Africa, and Scandinavia got the boat tank, a.k.a. Tatsiats. <laughs> That's cute, Tatsiats. Lee Carousel was added to Europa. The Funicular... No, I didn't say the right. Funicular... It's weird, made up word. It was moved to Africa and renamed the Silly Serpent. The Zulu was added to Africa. That's a popular one. And the Sunken Fountain was installed in Americana and Beetle Bumps Joint East Asia, all in 1979. The Singapore Sling, which had been added to East Asia in 77, was moved to Americana and renamed the Whirligig in 1980. The Orient Express was also added to East Asia that year. Nairobi Nigel's Pygmy Playhouse was removed from Africa, and the Wingading was also removed. In 1981, the Dome was added to the Aerodrome, and Kabash Games was added to Africa. To celebrate the park's 10-year anniversary, Oceans of Fun was added right next door. Separate park at the time, owned by the same people though. And that opened May 22nd, 1982. I will return to Oceans of Fun at the end of this topic in part four. Because right now we're just focusing on Worlds of Fun. Also in 82, River City and the Pony Promenade were added to Americana. The Viking Veal, aka Head Over Wheels, joined Scandinavia. And the Country Junction, a 1,000-seat amphitheater, was built. Big changes happened in 1983. The Barnstormer biplane was removed. The Scream Roller was rebuilt and renamed the Extreme Roller, aka EXT. And this was the first stand up roller coaster in America. But basically, within a year, it was again rebuilt and converted back into a sit down roller coaster. Uh, we'll talk about this more in the next topic, but. Um, it was really funny that I mentioned this to my mom, and she immediately said, oh, someone must have been severely injured or died, and that's why they immediately changed it. Um, I did do research on that, and honestly found that most roller coaster accidents and deaths 
have occurred at a Six Flags, not at Worlds of One. I mentioned this to Jennifer Lovesy Mass um, when I spoke with her. She is a historian. Her specialty is Worlds of Fun. Um, and she said she thinks it's because Six Flags is more willing to push the envelope and experiment rather than Worlds of Fun. Um, anyways, no deaths. That's not why. <laughs> and I'll, I'll talk about why it actually happened in the next episode, part three. The Schuss Boomer was removed from Scandinavia, and the octopus renamed the Tailspinner and moved to the Aerodrome, and the Fury of the Nile was installed in Africa in 1984. The Omegatron was added to Americana in 1986. The Whirligig was moved to East Asia, and then it became known as the Bamboozler. Half Pints Peak, Silly Serpent, and the Aerodrome, and therefore I'm assuming everything within the Aerodrome, were removed. Sky High was removed in 1987, and a children's area called Pandemonium opened. I feel like that was very aptly named. In 1988, saw Worlds of Fun reach its 20 millionth visitor. 20 million visitors in 15 years. I have no idea what the record is right now, but that's amazing to me. I wonder how long it took Disneyland or Disney World to reach 20 million. Python Plunge was added to Africa, and the Extreme Roller and Cyclone Sadie's Saloon Funhouse were removed, also in 88. The former Funhouse became an arcade, and the Timberwolf were added in 1989. Beach Street replaced River City in Americana in 91, and the Fjord Farlane, I think I said that right, F-J-A-R-L-A-N, so wait, hang on. So Fjord is also FJ, so this should be Fjarlane. That sounds better. Was moved to Scandinavia. The 20th anniversary was in 1992. The monsoon was added that year. It straddled both Worlds of Fun and Oceans of Fun. It was removed this year, 2023, and I am still kind of salty about that. It was one of my favorite rides. The Vixtrix firing ring was removed in 1993, as was the Wobble Wheel. As I mentioned earlier, the Dolphin show ended in the 90s. Specifically, it ended in 93. So the Dolphins were not housed in Kansas City year-round. They were on loan from aquariums around the country. What I read said that lots of folks protested the show in the 1990s because they were kept in a tiny-ass pool. Uh, specifically, only 35 feet diameter and 9 feet deep. But uh, the park claimed that they were not discontinuing the show in response to the protests. Yeah, lies. I'm going to call it out on that one. Lies. They definitely stopped the, stopped the show because of bad press. And so this is why I'm like, eh, not sorry that I missed it because I 100% agree with the protesters. I love zoos and I love aquariums. But if you're going to have a dolphin, which, I mean, to begin with, dolphins, whales, large sharks, should remain in the ocean. Um, if you're going to have one of those animals at your aquarium, you better have a big-ass area for them to swim. I'm talking, like, several hundred acres of water for them to swim in. Because they, in the nature, and no, I didn't say the right in nature, like, if they're undisturbed, they will swim hundreds of miles a day. 
And people like SeaWorld try to say, no, that's not true, but it is. Uh, and here's where I will go ahead and recommend the Blackfish documentary. Uh, but be prepared, it is slightly traumatizing. All right, so the Sea Dragons was added in 1994. Sorry for the whiplash there. Uh, 1995 was another big year for the park, so Cedar Fair bought Worlds of Fun and Oceans of Fun from Lamar Hunton this year. Um, I'm going to wait a little bit longer to dig into Cedar Fair, but don't worry, I will talk about them. It actually turns out it's really interesting. Cyclone Sam was added to Americana, and the Cotton Blossom and Floral Clock were removed. The Tram Rides and Marionette Show were also discontinued. Pandemonium and the Octopus were removed in 1996, and the Ripcord and the Detonator were added to Americana. The 25th anniversary happened in 1997. The Bernstein Bear Country was added that year. Quick aside, there's a really interesting theory that um, the spelling of Berenstein Bear depicts which universe you're from. Um, because there's a spelling where it's S-T-A-I-N, and there's a spelling where it's S-T-E-I-N. Which, by the way, the correct spelling is with an E. Um, but anyways, I just I remember when my coworkers and I were bored one day, and we looked this up several years ago. And it was really fascinating to read it. So it was all about, you know, the idea that, hey, the multiverse is real. And if you, you know, live in one universe it's spelled one way and if you live in one universe it's spelled the other way and for whatever reason <laughs> ours is both so something funky is going on there i don't know it's just kind of funny story sorry has nothing to do with worlds of fun where are we okay so it is still 97 the incredidome and the zambezi zinger were removed their Zambezi Zinger returned this year, 2023, with some upgrades. Again, we will discuss that in deeper detail in the next episode. 1998, also big year, the Mamba was added to Africa, and it is my personal favorite roller coaster. Although, the Patriot and the Prowler are really close seconds. The Scrambler was removed, um, well, sorry, was moved to Americana. And the octopus was reinstalled in Scandinavia. The Grand Prix Raceway, a small go-kart track, premiered in Americana in 1999. The Forum Amphitheater was renamed Heart of America Theater. The Tory Gate was removed. That um, was at the Orient Express. The plunge closed at the end of the season, at the end of the 1999 season. Halloween weekends began this year, which was a Halloween themed, you know, weekend event. And the Orient Express derailed on July 17th, 1999. Dun dun dun. Um, again, gonna talk about that in the next episode. So, look, if you're not enjoying this one, but I hope you are, because, I mean, it's just really interesting to see what is moved and when. And um, even though I'm not currently discussing why. Like I said, this is going to be the basis for the next episode, part three, where I do discuss a lot of these in deeper detail, and that is super fascinating. But I think this helps give you some background before we do that. Anyways, anyways. Now it is the year 2000. Y2K. The boomerang was added to Africa, the rock to Americana, 
Berenstein Bear Country and the Either Or, that's O-A-R, were removed. The Omegatron was removed and Camp Stoopy was added to Americana in 2001. 2002 was the 30th anniversary and the Thunderhawk was added. The Orient Express was finally completely removed in 2003. Remember, it had been added in 1980, so it was a longtime favorite. It's still a longtime favorite. I hear folks even today talk about how much they loved it and how much they miss it. Spinning Dragons was added to East Asia in 2004. Worlds of Fun Village opened in 2005. Now guests have the chance to camp out within the park. The Rockin' Wheeler was also removed that year. The Patriot was added in 2006. It was the most expansive roller coaster added to Worlds of Fun to date. It's super fast. It's really fun. In 07, Halloweekends were renamed Halloween Haunts. Personally, I think that's cashier. Um, catchier. And not as, quite as tricky to say. 2008 was the 35th anniversary they also started the Celebrate America Festival that year and began doing Oktoberfest again. The Prowler was added to Africa in 2009. And to be frank, I think this is the last year that I ever visited the park. Uh, my friends and I had gone for a summer concert, but we had like so many hours before the concert began. And I don't remember if it was after the concert ended or like during intermission, but we went back to the rides. Uh, the sun had set. It was pitch black when we got on the Prowler. And there's like no lamps or anything because there was no sunlight. Like pitch, pitch black. You could not see what was coming to anticipate. That made it so much better. Just like... Really, really thrilling. Uh, there's no way I can ever recreate that. In 2010, the Micromoto Bond, which had been renamed the Road Rally, was removed, as was the Viking Veal, aka Head Over Wheels, and the Bounceroos. The next year, Camp Snoopy became Planet Snoopy. The Pony Promenade, aka Peanuts, um. I don't know what I tried to spell there because I did not spell it right. We'll just say Pony Promenade was removed, and the Grand Carousel was added to Scandinavia. 2012 saw the creation of the Fast Lane, so you could, like, pay a little extra to not have to wait in line. Also, Phileas Fogg and Nellie Bly characters were added to the park. Why these guys were not added sooner... Specifically from the very beginning, I cannot fathom. So I didn't mention this at the beginning, and I should have. But when the park opened, there were people dressed in costume wandering the park, right? Like, kind of like when you're at Disney and you see people dressed as the characters, except, like, they weren't Disney characters, obviously. But, look, the the park is based on the book Around the World in 80 Days, and Phileas Fogg is the main character of the book, so why was he not there? I don't understand. And Nellie Bly, if you've ever, never heard of Nellie Bly, gotta look her up. She was a journalist in the, I want to say, 
late 1800s, early 1900s, and she was one of those, like, old-fashioned, you think they only exist in movies, undercover investigative reporters. Um, like, she actually went undercover at an asylum to then write an expose about how terribly they treated their patients and just all kinds of stuff. Amazing woman. Where are we? 2013 was the 40th anniversary, and this is when the two parks were finally combined into a single park. Steelhawk was added to Americana in 2014 and the octopus removed. The Thunderhawk and Crazy Cars were removed in 2015. Phineas Fogg was discontinued. And the Scrambler was renamed the Scandia Scrambler. Um, sorry, Scrambler. And then moved back to Scandinavia to replace the Octopus, also in 2015. The Carousel was removed from Europa in 2016. And the London Terror moved to Americana and renamed the London Terror Square. In 2017, there were several changes. Falcon's Flight was added to Europa, Mustang Runner to Americana, and Skeleton Crew to Scandinavia. Meanwhile, the Finnish Fling was removed from Scandinavia, and Big Game Hunting Shooting Gallery was removed from Africa. This is also the first year of Winterfest, which is a, as you guessed, special opening in the middle of December. And I haven't been, but I'm 90% sure that it's Christmas-themed. It might just be general winter-themed. In 2018, the Flora Clock was re-added to Africa, Nordic Chaser added to Scandinavia, and part of the Timberwolf was replaced. In 2019... Okay, sorry, I don't understand that note that I had there. Um, the Grand Carnival was reintroduced. The railroad was closed, and that was the last year that we had Winterfest, so it was only two years. That doesn't sound right. The park had a late start in 2020, thanks to COVID. Uh, instead of opening in May, as usual, it didn't open until the end of June, and then it actually closed early in September, so it was basically only open for two months that year. Ocean's Phone was just closed. They didn't open at all in 2020. While the park was open that year, the Boomerang Cyclone Slam, um, Cyclone Sam, Steelhawk, Falcon's Flight, and Railroad remain closed. Both parks did reopen in 2021, and the train was finally back open in August that year. Why it stayed closed for so long, I'm not sure. Last year, 2022, at the end of the season, they retired Falcon's Flight and the Monsoon. Why? Why the monsoon <laughs> was one of the best? Especially if you're going on a super hot day, that was the only ride that you were guaranteed to get drenched and able to cool off, and it was so good. Why did you take it away? They also removed three rides from Planet Snoopy. This year, 2023, before the park opened, um, I think it was actually like something like December last year, 2022, it was announced that the Zambezi Zinger would be making a grand return, newly updated. Uh, was supposed to open Memorial Weekend, but did not open until June 19th. Um, I think they just had a delay doing, uh, was like safety checks and stuff. 
All right. I know that was a long play-by-play. I hope that you've still found it somewhat interesting. I think it was really interesting. Thank you for joining me as we continued to explore the history behind Worlds of Fun. Please join me next month for part three. Sources for this episode, I drew heavily, really, I think exclusively, I drew um, this particular episode from worldsoffun.org and worldsoffun.com. On the website, when I get the page created, <laughs> I will have two links, one for Defunct Land's video on Worlds of Fun and one for the Facebook group. I hope you will consider becoming a financial supporter of the show. There are several ways you can do so. You can subscribe to patreon.com slash homegrownkc or redcircle.com slash homegrownkc. You can give a one-time donation at redcircle.com slash homegrownkc or at coffee.com slash homegrownkc. That's ko-fi.com. You can give as little or as much as you want, even as little as $1 a month. Once you sign up, create an account, subscribe to the show, you'll be charged that day and then on the first of every following month. If you become a Patreon supporter, you get three things. One, you get an item from the merchandise store valued at $5 or less. Two, you get a shout out on every episode and social media post. Thank you for your continued support, Bjorn and Joan. And you also get exclusive access to bonus content featuring local historians, archivists, and museum curators. Everyone who simply donates will receive a shout-out on the next available episode, but you do not get anything from the merchandise store and you do not get access to that bonus content. Additionally, if you donate on coffee, 1% automatically goes to help fight climate change, which is a real thing which I can't believe we still have to say, and it's very important. I recently spoke with Jennifer Lovesy Mast, creator of the website worldsoffun.org, which, as I said earlier, is where I got most of the information for this topic. She and her husband also run the Worlds of Fun Facebook group. Uh, these two, specifically Jennifer, have been collecting Worlds of Fun history and memorabilia for about 30 years. So speaking with her was really, really cool. I think you will enjoy that episode. My patrons, I apologize. I have not actually gotten this episode to you yet. I know I'm like a month behind on that. I will get it to you ASAP, I promise. Likewise, I am scheduled to speak with Andrew from the Johnson County Museum tomorrow about their current temporary exhibit on trains, and I will get that to you sometime in August. I promise it will, will not be later than August. My... Um, Patreon episode with Lisa Pena, the founder of Urban Hikes KC, was made available for a limited time in the month of July. So I hope you listened to that while you had a chance. If not, you still have a couple of days. And after you listen to the episode and get a chance to hear from her, then I hope that you will go on an urban hike because they are really cool and really fun and you learn a lot. If you cannot support me monetarily, which I totally understand, you can still support me by following, liking, and subscribing to all my social media pages. That's Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Twitter. Also, have a YouTube channel. Make sure you rate and review me wherever you listen, especially on Apple Podcasts. To everyone who has been leaving me comments on my website, thank you, thank you, thank you. I really love going in there and seeing, I mean, most of you guys are just like, hey, this is great. You know, I appreciate what you're putting out and you know even just the simple good job like i really love that thank you
If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or episode suggestions, you can email me at homegrownkcpodcast at gmail.com, or you can DM me on any of the social media networks. Also, on my website, uh, I'm sorry, I forgot to say, um, you can subscribe to the website itself so that you'll be notified if there's an update. And you can subscribe to my nip... To my newsletter, there we go, through the website. That is the only place in which you can go to subscribe to the newsletters through the website. And once a month, you'll get an email that says, here's what's new, here's what's going on. I'm not going to spam you every day. That's annoying. Okay, um, for merchandise, that's where we were, uh, visit Zazzle.com, that's Z-A-Z-Z-L-E.com slash store slash homegrown underscore Casey underscore store. Thank you goes out to my talented sister-in-law, Sarah McCombs, for the creation of my logo. To the Dear Misses for the use of their song, Kansas City, as the intro and outro music of every episode. And to local libraries, which enable me to gather all my research. And thank you for listening. Cheers. seem to shake this feeling and I can seem to get you off my mind. I've lost my nerve forever and I know that it's now or never to try and see this through. Dire loose ends up with a bow and start anew. We could talk for